invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke in chapter 16. We're going to be bringing a message today that I know has been preached many times. Many times I've brought messages on the rich man and Lazarus. There have been, I don't know, the numerous messages that I have brought forth concerning this one portion of text. I, uh, through my studies this week, as I sat in my, my, my study and I, I'm praying, God, what will you have me to bring? You know, God oftentimes touches our thoughts and our minds and, and starts moving in our, in our thought process about what I believe He wants us to bring. And I've been dealing with a lot of things this week and a lot of issues that have come up in our lives. And, you know, oftentimes we wonder, you know, how in the world do we get through life? And then we see things begin to happen and we wonder, where does the peace come from? Where does the peace actually come from? Well, it comes from the Almighty. Regardless of where you're going right now, regardless of where you're at. I'll, I'll say this, there's peace in the Lord. And this is one thing that you need to get a hold of. This is not actually in our message, but I want you to think about, I want you to think about the peace that passeth all understanding. The peace that's promised by the Holy Spirit to the children of God. These are things that are promised to God's children, the redeemed of the Lord. But there is a place where there is no peace. There is, a, there is an eternity where there will be no peace. In every facet of the rich man's life, he finds now a vacancy of this word known as peace. For there is none in his life. Even to this very hour, this very moment which we are here today gathered, I do believe without a shadow of a doubt that there is a vacancy of peace in a place called hell. And I believe that because of what the Bible teaches us. I know that according to Scripture, that since the rich man can see into heaven, into the place known as paradise, and we see how he makes mention of several different things concerning Lazarus. Makes you wonder about what he sees upon the earth. And I don't look at the, the wickedness that follows in the earth right now, but I look at things such as we have right here in the house of God, peace. There are things that are going, not going to be in hell, folks. There's things that's not going to be mentioned in hell. There's things that's not going to be seen in hell. The Bible speaks about the fact that it is a place of utter and outer darkness. But as we look at the scriptures today, I want you to think about this word peace. The only time and the only place you're going to be able to be satisfied is in the peace of the Lord. That peace must be made with God on this side of eternity. The peace that I'm talking about has to be dealt with while you're now living. 
while there's breath in your body. The Bible says in the book of Luke in chapter 16 and verse 19, there was a certain rich man. And again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my time and I want you that are in this house today especially to please pay, pay very close attention to the Word of God. And I want you to just listen and, and if it takes you just looking at me without being distracted of anything else, you look at me because I've got something I want you to hear today. I want to talk about this thing called peace and where there is none in hell. And I want to show you today that while we're here upon the earth, we can find moments of peace. We can find moments of contentment. They are fleeting moments, are they not? According to uh, uh, what eternity is. Whatever we have on this earth is but just fleeting. It is but just a vapor. And that's the reason why that I feel that it is so important for you to get a hold of this word today. The Bible again says this. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He fared sumptuously every day. Sounds like a place where a man had no cares for anything. Sounded to me like an individual that had absolutely nothing to worry about here upon the earth. He didn't worry about his, his, uh, his chariot breaking down. He didn't worry about the wheels coming off. He didn't worry about because he had, he had everything that he needed to replace and do everything that he needed this one thing I want you to look at. The Bible says, And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like a place that I don't want to really be. You know, in your life today, you're going to go through, through some things. You're going to go through some physical distresses upon this earth. There's going to be some things that's going to take place in your life that you wish had never happened. I want you to notice where Lazarus was though. Here was a man who was full of sores. Here was a man that had all, it seemed like his physical his physical ailments just seemingly overwhelmed him to such a degree that he had to beg for, for something to eat, just a morsel of bread. As a matter of fact, it talks about the crumbs that he ate here in verse 21. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and he licked his sores. Here was a man that wasn't even able to get up and go to the doctor. Here was a man that wasn't even able to, to go and buy a, a, a Tylenol or, or an aspirin or whatever it is to take away the pain. Here was a man who was in great need. He needed some ointment. He needed something to take away these terrible sores that were upon him. But the Bible speaks of this, this individual as a man who was carried away into Abraham's bosom in death. 
I mean, he succumbed to all of his heartaches, his hardships that he had here upon the life. Uh, the Bible speaks about the fact that he, he succumbed to that and he actually died. And the Bible says here, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. I want you to know something. There's coming a time in a person's life that dies without the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior that their vision is going to prick their heart. They're going to see things that's going to take away all the peace and joy that passeth all understanding. <clears throat> the Bible says again in verse 24, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now again, remember, we're dealing with the word called peace here. We're dealing with an attribute that's given to all the children of God. Now, even when you're here upon this earth and things begin to, to go awry in your life, your, your health begins to, to, to fall apart seemingly. To the Christian, to those that are saved by the grace of God, they have peace knowing that on the other side, on the other side, they're going to they're going to be healed. On the other side, they're going to be they're going to be vacant of the the troubles and sorrows and the hurtful things that happen in this life. On the other side, the former things are all going to be done away with. On the other side. That's exactly what we see here with the, with the life of Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus was this, this, this beggar who, who, who died, who seemingly had nothing to offer the world. But the one thing he had to offer, nobody wanted as far as the rich man is concerned. The Bible goes on to say, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now as he comforted it and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. There's that great that great place of loneliness. A place where you, maybe you wanted to go, but yet you just didn't take time to get things right with God. Man, you know, that's what I hear all the time. Preacher, uh, I plan on being saved someday. I plan on doing this one day. I plan on doing that another day. I plan on getting my life straightened out and getting in church. I plan on I plan on doing having all the right things said when I when I get ready to go. But there have been many men that have told me that has never, never, never came to that point in their lives where they trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. They died in their sins. 
They died without having any peace whatsoever. The Bible goes on to say, in verse 27, Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. You know, many times we that are saved by the grace of God find peace in our prayers, do we not? We find comfort in a time when we're able to go to the, to the one who says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. We find peace in the, in, in the, in the opportunity to come and, and say, Father, I need this or I need that. But when a person dies without the Lord Jesus Christ, the prayers that they uttered will never, never be blessed. And there's going to be prayers brought up in hell. There's a lot of praying going on in hell even this very hour. And listen, understand something with me. Those prayers that are uttered on the other side will not comfort you one bit. It's only the prayers on this side that comforts the child of God. You know, that's the only time you're going to find peace is when you're saved by the grace of God. And you're able to go to the throne room of the master and you're able to pray like it ain't nobody's business. You know, I enjoy, that's one of the things I enjoy about our prayer rooms. Listen, they're, they're real. The real prayers that are going forth from men that, that, uh, that actually believe in the prayer that they're uttering. Praying God will bless and praying God will bless the brotherhood. I find peace in that. I find peace on the, in that on this side of eternity. But there are those, listen, that never think about prayer until they're on the other side. Just like the rich man. He never thought about prayer, did he? The rich man, as, as, as he sat and he had all his desires fulfilled around him, he never once thought about prayer, did he? Until... He found himself in a place that he could not fix. My friend, money fixes a lot of things down here. But one thing it won't fix, one thing it will not fix is when you're on the other side, you cannot fix it with your money because it's all gone. The rich man here, he said, then I pray thee that therefore that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Again, you see a, a great prayer meeting going on even in the, a place called hell. And he's saying here, listen, and he's hoping for comfort. He's hoping that Abraham's going to send somebody from the dead to go back to his brothers. He said, surely if you send them from the dead, they're going to believe you. And Abraham said, no, they won't. If they won't believe the prophets. If they won't believe the men of God, listen, they still won't believe the one of them come back from the dead. So his prayer once again was busted. His prayer fell on deaf ears, so to speak. But notice what it says here in, in verse 30. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one, would, one of them would go back from the dead they will repent and he said unto him if they hear not Moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded one arose from the dead I want to bring a message this morning entitled where no peace exists where no peace exists 
And listen to the message today. You that are here, maybe you're lost and undone. Let me tell you something. This is a, one of the most important messages you may ever hear. Because I'm telling you about a place where it's not like it is here. You know, here even in this life, we have problems, don't we? We have issues that come up and there are moments of fleeting joy and peace. But in hell, peace is completely gone. There is no more peace. And I pray that you get a hold of that this very hour. Praying that God will wake you up. I'm praying that God will ignite your soul. That He will touch you in a way that will bring you to life and bring you to the recognition that, listen, you're not all right today. You know, I've heard people say all my life, well, preacher, all of my, all of my ministry at least, I've heard people say, I'm young, I've got plenty of time. <laughs> but you don't have plenty of time. Today, today is the day of salvation. Let me ask you something. Are you ready? Are you ready if death should come to your door today? Oh, I'll pray that you make, I pray that you, you'll take time today. Make time to listen to what God's Word says. Because within the confines of this book, the Apostle Paul told young Timothy that this is a way that thou hast come to salvation by the Word of God. By the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, today as we bow in your presence, we do thank you for the wonderful opportunity to once again be in thy house. Lord, I pray that you'll bless your people today and help us to be joyous. Even in our hard times here, we're able to realize that one day... All the hard times are going to be gone. Father, I pray today that you will open the eyes of the blind. You would unstop the, the ears of the deaf. That you would reach into the soul of the sinner. You would ignite that heart unto salvation and unto life. Lord, I pray today that people will see for the very first time what it is to be totally without peace in this life. For our lives are eternal, whether they're lives unto salvation or lives unto damnation, they will exist for all eternity. Lord, I pray today that you will open their eyes that they may see the doom that lies beyond the grave of the unrepentant sinner. Lord, I pray that you will open their heart up this morning. Lord, that you would remove all the dross out of it. And Father, that you would bring salvation to their souls. Lord, bless our day. May you save every lost soul in this house. Father, my heart breaks for them this morning, and you know already. Father, I pray that you would cause them to, to come to thee today. Save their souls. Let them come pleading for salvation, Lord, and repentance. Bless this day, I pray, and forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, just allow your mind to drift to a place.
where there will be no more tranquility, where there will be no peace, where there will be no joy, no rest from pain, no rest from hostilities even. No rest from the anxieties that plague so many people today. No peace from emotional torments. No rest from the conscience. I want you to think about what lies beyond the grave of the sinner. The lost sinner. These things that I've just mentioned are things that are that are going to be true in the life of, of the unregenerated sinner that has died without the Lord as our Savior. Even now, we as human beings can find places of relative peace and rest. But when one leaves this life without ever coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, they will find themselves in a place of constant sorrow. A place of unimaginable pain and suffering beyond anything we as human beings can ever put into words. I can't even describe the horrors of hell. I can't even describe the horrors of being in a place where God does not exist and where there is no joy to be had. A place where no peace exists. A place described by our scripture reading of Luke 16, a place of torments. Let's look at this thought today and say, ask yourself this question, is this my future? Mom and dad, I want you to be Focused. I want you to be laser focused today upon the message. Don't distract your lost children. Don't distract them in a way that, that, they'll, that their minds will be taken off of the Word of God. Is this our future? That's what you need to ask. Is this my future? Is this what awaits me? When my final time comes. You know, here of late it seems like we have dealt with a lot of death in our church family, our, our extended family I should say. People that we care about. And our hearts break over that. And I wonder from time to time if people really get a hold of the fact of where it is that people go when they go to the grave. But first of all, I ask you this question here today. Will you be in a place of no peace of mind or conscience? When you die here, will you be in a place where there is no, no peace of mind or conscience? Mark chapter 9 and verse 43, if you want to back up here for just a moment, I want you to look at this. Mark in chapter 9 and verse 43. The Bible says here now, I want you to look at this. 
Now I want you to think about what's actually being said here. Verse 43 says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than to having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Verse 44 says, Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. My friend, I want you to know something here today. As we look at the scripture, we're dealing with the conscience of man. We're dealing with where the worm dieth not, where the, where the memories of what we had here will never evade us again. In hell, there's always going to be that, that one prayer meeting that you went to that you're always going to remember because it was a time when you were touched by the Word of God. Even the song spoke to your heart. Your conscience will always bear witness of a grandma and a grandpa who would bring you to church. Of grandparents and parents who would, who would tell you about Jesus, who would pray, who you would hear praying in the, in the next room over, praying for little Johnny or little Mary. Let me tell you something. I want you to know that, that that's one thing that will never leave your mind when you're in hell. You will always come to, a, to, a, to notice and, and to remember they prayed for me. Oh, the song Amazing Grace, how sweet it sounds. Oh, yes, it would have been sweet had you only come to that amazing grace in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. What will it be like to always know that you're the very act of being a Christ rejecter. Even in the face of a prepared escape from the awful abyss called hell and its torments of body, soul, and conscience, what an awful and disgusting existence to have for the rest of your eternity. To know that the preacher was right. He told you about the way of escape. He give you the perfect word of God that says, listen, come unto me and I'll give you rest. These are things that are never going to leave the sinner's mind when they're in hell. These are things that are never going to leave your conscience. Listen, you're going to a place where the conscience will never be erased. The time and the place Wherever Sunday school lesson that you were taught by teachers who prepared through the week, every song that you sang, every instrument that you played a gospel tune on, listen, these are things that are going to come back and haunt the conscience throughout all eternity, a place where there's no peace of conscience. What a place. What an awful place. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 23 shows us that the rich man saw the peace of poor Lazarus. 
while he was upon the earth, he laid at his gate full of sores, and, and the rich man would tell his, 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 his servants, go throw the scraps out. Feed the old poor man and the dogs that lick his sores. Think about it. But now, but now Lazarus is in the arms of Abraham which speaks about the blessings of heaven and Jesus Christ as our Savior. Listen, the rich man's going to see. The rich man's going to look across that great, uh, that great divide and he's going to see the saints of God on the other side. That's going to be your plight if you die without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. There'll be no peace of mind or conscience there because you're always going to be able to see the joys of the other side. It's a constant reminder of what could have been. You're in this house today and you're, maybe you're standing back there. Maybe you're scribbling down on some paper some some different things. Maybe your thoughts are going where you're going to be after church house. After the meeting at the church house. Maybe your thoughts are going, wonder what mom's going to be fixing for dinner. Don't be distracted, my friend. Don't be distracted. Allow this man of God that stands before you today to give you the way of hope, to let you know that what comes after death is important to get a hold of. It wasn't just his eyes that pricked his heart, but I believe it's the very voice of Abraham that pricked the rich man's heart. In Luke 16 and verse 25, notice what it says here again. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things. Remember how, how you were blessed throughout all your life and all you had to do was be a blessing to somebody else and, and, to, and to have that spirit of hope within you. Not for salvation, but for joy. Verse 26, the Bible says this, and besides all this, between us and you there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. You know what? I, I believe that that really just took the air out of anything that he might have had. Any hope that he might have had of escaping this place called hell and going to the other side where he could see and hear the voice of Abraham. He is stuck in a place where there is no hope. Where there is no joy. His ears will never allow him to have peace of mind or conscience. Because he'll always hear the gospel call. Come unto me. He will always hear the the scripture, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world 
and he gave his only begotten son. Amen. Listen, I want you to know something. That's what you'll hear in hell for all your eternal existence. You'll hear every Sunday school teacher that taught you. You'll hear it in their voices. You'll hear it as they, they handed you out cutouts and, and, and these, little, these little handouts that they give you that tells you about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You'll see that. You'll hear the voice as they say, Believe that and thou shalt be saved. Yes, his ears will never allow him to have peace of mind or conscience. The one who died, the one who dies in their sins without Jesus Christ as Savior, as Redeemer, will always hear the Redeemer's voice as he declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. These are things that you're going to hear throughout all eternity because they are things that you heard while you were here upon the earth. I ask you today, will you be in a place where there's no peace of mind and no peace of your conscience? Now secondly, will you be in a place of constant strife and enemy oppression? Down here, I mean, we have, we have we, all of us, we have problems from time to time. We have those that mean us harm, that, that like to say things to destroy you, that like to do things to try to bring you down. We all have that down here, don't we? But in hell, that's all that's there. At least here upon the earth, we have re, 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 reprisals and we have, we have uh, those that are reproved for their, for the ill will. God always reminds us here upon the earth, especially the saved. He says, you leave those things to me. I will repay, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine. But when you go to hell, when you find yourself in a place called hell, listen, there's not going to be anything but enemies all around. There is no friends in hell. You know, I've heard people saying, I had a man to tell me one time, a young man, he said, Preacher, I'm going to go to hell and be with all my friends. And I told him, I said, you'll never find a friend in hell. You'll never find a friend in hell. You know why? Because they're all oppressors. No peace because of always looking around for that one who's coming up behind you. The rich man didn't want his family to come to a place because, not just because of the physical pain, but I believe he didn't want him to come to a place where he's always looking over his shoulder because of the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You know what it is to gnash your teeth? This is something that is done sometimes at the end of life stage of a, of a person who's suffering from catastrophic injuries or, or, or sicknesses or what have you that, where the pain that they're having can just temporarily be fixed just for a little while by the gnashing of the, the tongue. 
And what that is, it is the, the actual biting of the tongue or the jaw to, to make the endorphins to flow out to temporarily block the pain. That's what that gnashing of teeth is all about. You look it up in the Hebrew, and in the Hebrew it means to be grinding and gnashing. Grinding for pain's sake. Have you ever seen a person in the dying stage who are really suffering, I mean, terrible, terrible pain. It's an awful place. It's an awful place to be. It's a hard thing to look at. If you can look at that and it don't bother you, there's something wrong with your conscience right now. But I'll tell you this right now, that's what's going to be going on in hell throughout all eternity. People are going to do anything and everything they can to try to stop the pain. A feeling of constant rage and no peace in sight. Nothing but enemies all around. No friends in sight. And, 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 and what use to be friends are now the ones you got to watch for. You see, even down here upon the earth, when we have friends, I mean, it's good, isn't it? It's good to have friends. You know, I've heard some men say, well, listen, if that's, if, that's my, if that's your friend, I sure don't want to meet your enemies. You wait till you get to hell, and that's the way it's always going to be. Folks, I'm telling you, the things I'm telling you is true, and it's things that's going to happen one day. To those that die in their sins, they're going to, they're going to wake up in a place called hell that's just beyond torment. I mean, it's beyond uh, what we consider torment and torture here. A place where evil is always abounding. But lastly, I want you to look at this. And the reason why I'm moving ahead because I'm about to run out of radio time. But I want you to think about this. When you die, will you be in a place of no peace in prayer? You see, I believe that's what we see here with the rich man as he, as he prayed for his brethren here upon the earth. He prayed for his family. He prayed that they wouldn't come to this awful place. He asked Abraham, he said, won't you just send somebody back from the dead? Then they'll believe. What was Abraham's response? If they won't believe, listen, if you won't believe the Word of God today, if you won't believe the preacher today, your Sunday school teacher today, if you won't believe those of old who have died and gone on to be with the Lord, if you won't believe, then you won't believe if they was to happen to come back from the dead. Listen, there's a prayer meeting going on in hell right now. There's a prayer meeting going on in hell right now. Listen, while here upon the earth, the prayers of people can bring about a peaceful feeling. You have that mother or dad praying for your soul and, and for your salvation even now. Yes, you can lay in your bed at night and you know exactly just how much they do care for you by their prayers. They're praying for me. Listen, there's coming a day when that prayer will only be heard in your conscience. 
Think about it. Peace will elude you once you're in hell. You may remember word for word every prayer by mom and dad, and by your grandparents, by your Sunday school teachers, by your preacher. But no peace because each and every prayer went forth with the witness of the hope of the gospel. The rich man certainly had no peace in his prayer. In Luke 16 and 24, he says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. But listen, he never received any mercy thereafter, did he? He never received any more mercy. He never received the answer to his prayer of relieving him of his tortured tongue, his tortured mind. He never received the, the, the answer to his prayer as he, as he, as he prayed. Uh, and he looked at, at Abraham and he, and he looked at, at the beggar Lazarus. His memory would not let him forget. There was no peace. Every prayer he utters for relief of a tortured anguish goes unbidden. Every prayer that goes forth that somebody go warn the earth that there is an awful place called hell and don't come to this place. If they won't believe the preacher today, oh, my friend, what a terrible place you have to look forward to. There's no peace because the prayers that went forth were the hope of eternal life. His prayers could never stop the pain. His prayers can never stop the torments of hell. His prayers could not heal his conscience. As he considered his evilness and reluctance to help others or to just simply come to Jesus as Savior. Prayers in hell will only haunt those that utter them. The prayers of memory will destroy and consume the mind of the one who has tried their best to get away from hell and can't. Because they realized it on the other side. Instead of realizing it on this side. You know, I'm going to come to a close. My radio audience is gone, and, and I, want to, I want to, just for a moment, I want to tell you what the gospel is. The gospel, according to the Bible, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 tells you what the gospel is. The apostle Paul told the Philippian jailer when he come in and he cried, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what they said? Believe. Believe what? Believe these scriptures here. Because there's coming a day, you're going to believe them, but it's going to be too late on the other side. You're going to, you're going to know that every, 
You're going, I believe you're going to, every word that you ever heard come forth from the Word of God, you're going to, it's going to be replayed in your mind. And it's going to haunt you. But just think, if this Word was to come to, to life in your mind right now, just think what it would be like to have the peace that passeth all understanding, to really have peace. The peace that says, even though I die here, I'm going to live again there. Listen, folks, I want you to know something. If you're here in this house and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, today's the day of salvation. Today is the day. The Bible says, now's the accepted time. Now's the accepted time. You know why? Because you're still breathing on this side of eternity. You still have the hope of salvation. You say, well, how do I know by having a concern for the hereafter right now? Maybe the Lord's been speaking to your heart today. Maybe throughout the, maybe the last few weeks, months, or whatever it is, maybe the Lord spoke to your heart through through maybe something your mom or dad has said to you. Maybe it's something that your Sunday school teacher taught you. Maybe your grandparent was telling you, listen, trust Jesus. There's the way of hope. Listen, if that, if that is on your mind today, might be the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you. Might it be that the Holy Spirit is telling you, listen, what He's told you is the truth. There is a way of escape. Be sure it's done on this side because there is no escape on the other. The rich man done everything in his power to try to get out of the hurt and the pain, the anguish, the, the conscience, but he couldn't get no relief anywhere. You know why? Because he realized it too late. There's a lot of people going to be like that today too. They realize too late. Oh, there's going to be a lot of church members realize too late that, oh, you know why? Because you've had this, uh, this movement that went across America for so long and so fast, this uh, easy believism thing. All you got to do is raise your hand. You know, I heard a person tell me I've I done exactly what the preacher told me. I've done everything that he said to do. And that's, what I was, that's what I was relying on. Then only to come to find out the Lord saved them later. You know why? Because the Lord dealt with them, not the preacher. I pray that the preacher takes a back seat to you today and you, you listen to what the Lord said. Maybe the Lord spoke to your heart even now. Maybe today is a day of salvation for you. Come unto Him today. Trust Him today. Thou shalt be saved. You'll not find yourself in the place that the rich man is today, but you'll find yourself in the bosom of peace and contentment, just like Lazarus was found. Let's all stand.